0: Hey, my name's Emma.
1: Hey, my name's Maddie.
0: And you're listening to The Pilot's Pandemic.
1: Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news?
0: hey y'all welcome back to this week's episode of the pilots pandemic podcast you're here with your host emma and our beautiful most lovely co-host maddie what's up bitch <laughs> so i love it okay you broke the you broke the ice you broke the ice <laughs> now that you broke the ice let me shut the door because my dryer balls in the laundry machine are going a little bit crazy and i don't want that background noise okay All right. andre you gotta back up so i don't roll over you I have three animals in this room with me right now. They I keep- wish everyone could say hello, but they can't, unfortunately. Bark meow meow. Anyways, we oh. are here. As you can tell, we are solo dolo this week. Um, And I always like, I'm like, we're going to switch lanes. Switching lanes. Hell yeah. We're taking a whole exit today yes. and like going to flight school. Um. <laughs> And we haven't really done an episode like this, so, and it has been a minute. It's been a hot minute for me, so um, I apologize if I don't have much to contribute to this conversation today, but
1: we're going to recap. I was <laughs> going to tell you, I feel like your, like, your mind's going to, like, open, like, you'll open up the third dimension once we start talking about it. I know it really is a vault. Um, (laughs) and and the lock is like hella rusty. So
0: (laughs) we're gonna see what we can do with that today. But we're gonna recap with what we've been up to this April. Um, I haven't been up to much. I'm gonna be so real with y'all because we've taken a couple of breaks and things have been kind of like all over the place. Like I had like a lot going on had a funeral we had like it was just it was kind of last month was a bad month
1: I can't lie um it was a a struggle like I feel like creatively we both were like not there and like we needed a break more than usual I think we've been feeling more stressed and we obviously have a larger workload than we usually have so it's been a lot April's
0: been a tough month It gets rough balancing it all. And then like kind of remembering that we have to do this. And there are just times when like yesterday, the last thing I wanted to do was edit the podcast, which yesterday was Wednesday, which by the time y'all are hearing this, I don't know when y'all will hear this, but (laughs) was editing yesterday and really was thinking about how like, damn, like this isn't easy. You know what I mean? It takes all day. I know writing the show note for you Maddie is not easy so it's just it kind of is a labor of love and when you have so many um outside stressors it can be it can be it can be um a struggle but we're getting there y'all I mean we're almost at a hundred episodes I'm really really proud of us and a
1: lot of people said we couldn't a lot of we people to... said we couldn't mm-hmm. I mean, right. I... how are you gonna come up with that content and like uh there's so much content. Well, there's just always something going on. Aviation is a brutal
0: business when it comes to news. So I feel like there's always going to be something to talk
1: about. But also Maddie and I just love to talk and we love the sound of our own voice. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> if we're not going to talk about aviation. We'll talk about pop culture for hours. Literally. I know. I'm like, I-, I don't know when the podcast will actually end. I don't
0: know if it will ever end. I mean, obviously, once we get some kind of change, but, like, change, we're looking at, like, 10 years, baby. Like, I don't, like, we're going to be the Joe Rogan of aviation podcasting if we continue, like, for 10 years. For like,
1: yeah. bro, this will take you into your 30s and me into my 40s. Like, that's just mind-blowing to me. That really is crazy.
0: I hope we, you know one day finally get some, you know, acknowledgement, that would be cool, you know, um, but mm-hmm. until then, you know, maybe like a Bose sponsorship or something, you know, or actually we're Dave Bose? Clark girlies. <laughs>
1: I was like, bitch, <laughs> take that back right now. You take that back.
0: Yep. We're Dave Clark girlies. So yeah, I do take that back. So maybe like a Dave Clark sponsorship or something, or like a Garmin sponsorship would be cool. Um, you know I'm just I'm just spitballing I'm just manifesting for us but you know a girl could only hope but I don't know we're a little too what's the word Maddie starts with a c
1: oh combative
0: for that (laughs) so I don't know yeah but Mm. All right. Well, have you, I mean, like, have you done anything that you want to share this month? Basically, you've been doing what we're going to kind of talk about the entire episode. So I don't know, like, how you want to just,
1: oh, yeah. you know, land the plane. Yeah, so <laughs> can't do that yet, bitch. Um, but I will say I got eight hours of flight time in for April, which is pretty good, I think. Um, and I am learning all types of things. It's been, I was telling Emma the other day, like, I didn't realize when I started flight training that it will be like a low level stress until I'm done. Um, and now I'm kind of getting like the inside view of what other student pilots are dealing with. And me as a 34-year-old woman going through this and not having to like worry about the the money side of things obviously is a huge stress relief. But I was just kind of trying to think about how student pilots deal with that type of stress. And mine really comes like the day of or the day before my my flight lesson. I'm just like, oh my God, I need to do perfect. And I'm all about being like perfect on my flight and so I get a lot of like what I call performance anxiety um and so it's difficult for me because like when I get performance anxiety I get like my stomach starts to hurt I can't eat even though I know I need to eat I can't eat and then I also get like um like, I feel like I have to go to the bathroom, like, 24-7. So that's, like...
0: <laughs> I was <laughs> going to say, you and I are so similar. And I'm going to just say, yeah. I get, like, liquid. Like, we are yeah. liquid out the end, girl. <laughs> like, yeah. am
1: I pissing or am I shitting? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's... Like, now I'm seeing like why student pilots, they're taking all these fucking classes, they're doing their flight training, they may be holding another job or have some other obligation. I'm like, no wonder they have all this anxiety and stress. Like It makes so much sense to me now that I'm in it, even though it made sense before. Obviously, I could um, sympathize with them, but now I'm actually empathizing with student pilots and feeling like... Kind of how they feel, so it's just interesting to to be here in the shoes that I'm in and like realizing like yeah this this is tough, way tougher than I realized. Is an anxiety inducer,
0: and you feel it all the way up until your flight lesson, and then when you're flying, for me it goes away entirely. But Mm -hmm. up until that point, like I always had that, and the only time that I felt like it ever really went away for me was in the middle of my instrument rating when I was flying a lot, like I was flying almost every single day of the week and you create that pattern. So it just starts to kind of go away. But when I was only flying one, two days a week, it's like the buildup to it. And then, you know, you want to make the most out of it because you're spending a lot of money. It's not a lot of time. It flies by. Um, you also want to have fun too, but it's
1: like one of those things that when you're learning, it it feels like there's really no room for fun. (laughs) No, that's exactly how I feel, dude. Like, you're explaining it so well of, like, how the feelings are around it. Like, it's, and like you said, like, as soon as you start flying, that anxiety totally goes away. Like, I I feel that myself, too. But then I'm also, like, when I'm done, I'm so grateful that I'm done. Like yes yes
0: you're like Like, holy shit hell yeah it is the biggest high (laughs) people talk about like i hear comedians talk about like how they feel um which aka one of my other like favorite podcasts which you see maddie and i post about a lot giggly squad they talk about this after their shows how they have this like high like all these endorphins and like you feel really really good like for them they always want to go out and buy something and do something really expensive yeah um That's exactly how I feel after every single flight lesson. It's like, okay, I'm going home. I'm cracking a beer. beer? Let me go to the (laughs) whole foods and spend like $50 on some salami and some cheese. Are we celebrating this hoe? Like, I don't know what it is, but it's like the ultimate feeling of accomplishment. And just to do it right back over again. And it is really Mm -hmm. strange that you have all this anxiety because I'll catch myself so much. And I'm like, Dude, what the fuck are you nervous about? Like you are paying for this, you're learning. A, you're not with you're with your instructor. Like there is an element where, like, you're not technically the pilot in command. Like you're here to learn. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. relax. You know what I mean? Like nobody, you don't have a gun to your head, but for some reason it feels that way.
1: Yeah, I think also the reason it feels that way is because. When you start hearing other pilots, like I think mine started building more when my when my CFI was like, you know, if you start doing two lessons or get, some, get up to 20 hours, you're going to solo. And then all I could think about was like, whoa, I'm going to be at 20 hours like so fast and I don't know anything. And oh my God, I'm going to have to solo. And I'm just freaking out. And then people are like, oh yeah, I did mine at 21 or 22 or 25. And so I think like that competition mindset mindset starts coming in and you're like it's like the thief of joy is like comparing yourself you know and Mm. so that's why I think it becomes a little bit anxiety inducing is because you feel like well I need to be on point with all these other pilots otherwise I'm not doing it right and then like that whole factor of it costs money and you know I don't know it's just like so many things come into play for you to feel that way Got gut issues cause Emma and I sure do. I have an issue with high sugar foods and anything with added preservatives and Emma has a whole ass gluten intolerance. So we struggle with finding tasty treats, but thank the heavens for Abby Nola because it has been a lifesaver when we want a sweet treat fix without all the gut bombs that high gluten foods like cookies and cakes give us.
0: Avi Nola has a chocolate granola that is made with lupini beans, so it's gluten free and only has one gram of sugar, leaving our sweet tooth satisfied and our tummies feeling perfectly fine.
1: You guys, you can head over to abby foods.com or the Instagram account at abby underslash foods slash co for your granola fix turned tasty treat fix. You'll also find all kinds of recipes to try out so you'll get never get bored with Abby Nola. Use code Pandemic for 15% off your order of Avinola. Nola.
0: What you said, comparison, is, the, is truly the thief of joy. And I felt that the first flight school that I went to, like in the beginning of my private, that's all I did in my time there. I just compared myself to every other student I felt so dumb because I wasn't ready to solo at 15 hours, 20 hours and everyone else is granted. Everyone else is flying every single day of the week and their entire rating has been paid for in full. They're able to like do whatever they need to do. Mm -hmm. My experience just wasn't that way. I was working a 40 hour work week on top of that. Um, And also juggling a relationship that i cared about a lot which a lot of people and this is one thing which i didn't really expect to get into this today but i've had a lot of people along the way despite me emphasizing that commercial aviation is not a dream goal for for me i've had so many people tell me that i need to let go of my relationship that a relationship is going to hold you back that you can't you can't have a healthy, stable relationship and also dedicate your time to your training and get your private pilot license or your instrument rating or your commercial rating, which is absolute fucking bullshit because I honestly would have never even been able to get through those ratings if it wasn't for my boyfriend. Like, I yeah. had to have that support network. When I'm nervous as fuck before my flight lesson, who the hell do you think's calming me down? Mm-hmm. Who the hell do you think's making the meal for me to eat? <laughs> sure, shit ain't me. Um I'm having diarrhea.
1: <laughs> Me too, girl. Me too. <laughs> but that's yeah, okay. so. Like such a good point though that you you pointed out because I didn't really think about that just because I met Jesse when he was already flying for a regional. Um, but I think that's something else that pilots should try to think about is how I'm going to maintain a relationship when I am an airline pilot, when I am gone all the time. Um, and even as a student pilot, like I think that's such a good and wise saying is like that you can maintain relationships and you should be able to maintain relationships when you're flying. Like no one should just only be putting aviation into their life. Like that's just too much. Everything in moderation, even if it's your passion. Um, because I think you really eliminate a lot of your support system when you solely just focus on one thing. For sure. For sure. I'm I'm glad I
0: kind of, I, I don't know where that came from, but this is, ooh, we're wise today, yeah. wise gals. But yeah, no, I had a lot of people tell me that. And I think it's funny because I'm like, okay, well, if you can't like have a healthiest relationship now and you're a student pilot, which is what a lot of people would tell you is like, yes, it's hard, but it's one of the hardest parts of your career. If you can't handle it now, baby boo, how you going to handle it when you're like a professional pilot, like this is how you f- build and learn and figure out how you are going to have that life for yourself in the future. And if you want to have a family. Um. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I think it's so weird that people say that I'm like, okay. mm mm-hmm you must be very unhappy. Like I go to bed every single night with my snuggle bug and we are cuddling and it life is good for me. I have somebody who makes me laugh. I have somebody who can take my mind off of the bad things, which <laughs> this sounds so terrible. People are listening and they're like single and they're like, um, <laughs> crickets. <laughs> yeah. You will find your person. But if you do have someone in your life and you're struggling, like, balancing the both I don't really have exact advice for you but I I think it goes back to what Maddie is saying everything in moderation like you can't as much as yes it really helps to fly every single day of the week throughout your training you do at some points have to give yourself a break it kind of reminds me of talking to Morgan that geez Mm -hmm. how many episodes back was that where that was her biggest struggle throughout her training was I feel like there was a little bit of stress with the amount of flying and all of that combined, sure. like you got to give yourself a break, especially for your mental health. Um, yeah. yeah.
1: And I, uh, that just reminded me of my back to back, uh, flight lessons that I had Saturday and Sunday. I think that was last weekend. Oh my God, dude, the anxiety. <laughs> I was like, shit, got on the ground after the first one. I was like, I did so good. And I was like, shit, I got to do the same thing tomorrow. I got to prove myself even more. Um, And so the anxiety for like three days straight was a lot. And so honestly, I was so exhausted on the Monday after that. Um, And typically like I work out every day, but I was so tired that I just said, you know what? I'm not going to work out. I'm not going to do my king schools. I'm not even going to think about aviation because obviously it's giving me a lot of stress right now. And so I just need to take time to myself and like, you know, clean my house, things that don't uh, make you think a lot really help too. Um, so I think there is balance in that. And I've heard many times on our podcast, like, Oh, if you're, your a student pilot, you should be do- doing something every day with aviation. But I think do the, the things that are fun for you if you are feeling very stressed. So even yesterday I was like, God, I don't feel like doing King schools, but Jesse, my husband, he's a CFI as well. So he just was like, I was looking at my um, little sporty Cessna picture that I have for hand, um, chair flying and, uh, He's like, Oh, do you want to go over like the comms system? And I was like, Sure, because I don't really understand it. And so he just kind of drew out radio communications for me, and that was fun. And then we got on Flight Sim. And and see, that's uh, yeah, see, that's that's fun. that's That's
0: fun. fun. That's what I was about to say. You have to have like, I think having like a flight, the flight simulator games and shit like that. Even yeah. if you've got like GTA, like you can go to the airport, get in the plane and like kind of fly around, you know, a boop de boop. And anything that I don't know, it's just anything that you can kind of think about aviation, but does make it fun. But also, I just I'm a firm believer in it doesn't need to absorb your entire life. Um, yeah. Another point that you made in that about feeling tired, I feel like that's one thing that I just remembered
1: how that tired I thought about.
0: yes yeah. dude how exhausting, exhausting it is yeah um you almost kind of feel like there for a while especially in the summer like after a long flight lesson i would go home and i kid you not i i would feel sick i'm mm-hmm. like i'm sorry close the blinds i'm going to bed give me a cold shower i'm getting in bed turn on <laughs> the fan like, it's almost like a low-key
1: hangover bro
0: yeah. And I don't yeah. know what, I don't know if it's like, for me, I know it's like an element of heat, all of that combined, but I think you're just taking in so much that it's like a mind fry. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like yeah. you're just, it's a lot, it's a lot, especially in the beginning. Um, I dealt with a lot of air sickness in the beginning of my training and I think it really had to do with being completely overstimulated. Um, and it got a lot better. I think I got like about, I'd say like 10 hours, 15 hours in.
1: Okay. I, it cool. stopped happening. Because but- I feel the same, dude. Like I feel like you and I have the same body response, which is because I got air sick, I think it was my third lesson. And it and my instructor's like, you know, you're gonna have to deal with this for your your um test and everything and I was like yeah I know I I just think I'm just like learning a lot and so and I told him like dude I got performance anxiety like these things make you sick yeah you know when you feel that way so I think it's just like your own body and like the anxiety really plays into that too for me where I get really exhausted after
0: Well, and that's the other thing is like, you kind of have all this like cortisol pumping up to it, then you're like taking in all this stuff like, you just feel fried afterwards. But it I, I do believe it goes away. And there were I had a couple of people like tell me that like, Oh, well, like, if you're feeling air like you might not be able to like do this. I'm like, listen, bitch, I grew up flying my entire life with my father in a teeny tiny little airplane doing like things that would make you very, very airsick. I know it's not being in the plane. It's more or less, it's a situational thing. And I think learning so much in the beginning, it does, it it plays a huge role. And I think also you are producing a lot of cortisol. It for, for somebody who's not used to being in control of a small aircraft or flying like that in general, it's a, it's like almost like a fighter fight or flight response. Like your body isn't going to be used to it. You're going to feel uncomfortable. Your body is going to create natural responses that are going to make you feel that way. You just got to kind of have to push through it. Um, a, a lot of other things that you can do. It sucks that you're not able to wear polarized sunglasses, but keep your sunglasses like out of your, um, what's that called out of your headset, dude. I used to get a fiery ass headache during and after my flight lessons and i i swear it was because my um like the bands or like the stems the arms from my sunglasses were being pushed against my temple from my um headset and then the minute i stopped doing that i put them above i stopped getting such bad headaches
1: so there are little things you can do Yeah, and I think uh, the other point for your CFI, because my CFI, it's so funny because I bring Jesse with me sometimes and my CFI is so, he's really chill, but like all work. There's no like chit-chatting. So I like that you said that about your CFI because I do think there's a, a, a reason why a CFI should be more personable with the student. And it definitely is to kind of like ease the tension of learning. So my CFI, I'm asking him questions all the time because he is not super chit chatty in the airplane. Um, But I always wonder, I'm like, is it because Jesse's in the back? Because my husband's an airline pilot. So I feel like there's that like, and he's obviously, you know, paying for my flight lesson. So I feel like my CFI is like, maybe I should be professional all the time. But I haven't took Jesse on all of them. And he's still been pretty uh, professional. But I do like that your CFI is pretty chatty. Cause I think that would help me if my CFI was a little bit more um, talkative and open with me to use yeah. my, my, you know, nervousness.
0: And maybe you'll get there. Like, obviously, like there might be other people at your school that you might fly with in the future. And like, sometimes you just, that's another thing. And like, I, you might not have the resource and like, he, you know, we're, we're going to just pray that he ain't listening to this, but like, this is for the audience if you don't like your fucking instructor get another instructor because yeah. that'll be the make or break if you actually enjoy flying. Same thing goes for school the plane that you're flying like if 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 the environment is too much get jump dodge. That's why I've always been a huge believer in 161. I I just can't 141, yes, I see the the benefit of it. And if you're you know trying to get through it as quick as you can, hit the pipeline, like go, go, go. I get it. Like everyone is different. But for me personally, I liked being a 161 student because I had so much flexibility. But I've been really blessed with like both my instructors that I flew with for the majority of my training have been really, really cool. Like even in my instrument rating, my next instructor who like, I'm not I'm not as like friends with as um my instructor from my first school, but still had a fucking blast with him, dude. Like we yeah. always had the best time. And I I think that's part of the reason why I loved my instrument rating so much is because we did a lot of things that even he would tell me that he wasn't able to do in his training um so we had a level of flexibility it was always fun um i got to fly a lot of actual ifr which was huge because flying actual ifr is so much different than wearing your foggles you know even if you have your foggles as far down on your face as they'll go flying actual ifr is so much different um and we got to do a lot of that but there was it was always fun like I, if I ever wanted to go somewhere, we would go there. Um, and I don't know, it's just, it was just cool. I had a, I had really, really great instructors, but sometimes you can get people that are very, very serious and that's no shade to any instructor. Like I respect that 100%, but for me, that just wasn't the training style that I needed. I need, I need somebody who's going to be like, Let me cuss and like let me cut up a little bit and be Mm -hmm. like, hey, watch this and do something fun or cool and crazy. You know what I mean? Those are the things that made me keep going and keep pushing. Um, I remember in my private when I felt like I had plateaued, I kept telling my instructor, I'm plateauing, I'm plateauing. He's like, You're not plateauing. I'm like, but I feel so plateaued. Like I'm just over this. Like, I don't know if I can keep on doing this. And we went out and did like the funnest lesson ever came back and was like, yeah, I got this.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I think um, that's another good point that you made is kind of like knowing yourself and who you like to learn from and like your learning style. Uh, Because my husband was like, my one instructor was not instructing the day that I wanted to fly. And he was like, oh, you should just pick this other instructor. And I had met this other instructor. And I was like, I just don't get the I guess vibe that I would want to be instructed by so like this person was way too serious for me there was no person of personability no it's not like this person smiled when I talked to them yeah or when I got to try to know them so I was like there's no way that person's ever going to be my CFI there's nothing against that person for who they are or how they train, it's just not my style. And I think that's important to know know how you like to be taught and the people that help you learn the best and their personalities. Because um, getting someone that doesn't teach in the style that you like or doesn't get jive with you personality-wise is really difficult when you're sitting right next to them in a cockpit and you're trying to learn a lot of things all at once.
0: It's honestly like intimate, bro. Like you are yeah. touching toes, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so shoulder to shoulder, <laughs> yeah, shoulder to shoulder. So if you don't like that person, like, mm-mm. that's why I can't do it. I'm one of those people where, like, I have a little bit of like, like I wouldn't say so. it is social anxiety. I have social anxiety. So if I cannot hang out with you, or if I get the slightest tinge of like being uncomfortable no man, I'm gone. Like none mm-hmm. of my instructors, like you can't rate, like my, um, second instructor, he was so good at that. Even if I, even if I did something that was like very awful, like slam the airplane on the runway, like, <laughs> yeah, just like not good. You know what I mean? He would, he would never, ever like, he never, ever made me feel bad. I'd always just be like, sorry, man. I knew that was awful. My bad. Like he's like, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay I'm like "Hmm, okay let's go again yes and you have to like I but I think having boundaries is so important and I don't think enough people talk about that and there is a lot of steamrolling that happens when you are a student pilot in flight schools and I just I don't I don't like that I don't approve of it stand up for yourself it's your fucking money it's yeah. your money. At the end of the day, you're the client. And as somebody who has worked customer service for, God, I don't even, six, eight years. I don't even know. It's almost eight years. I think I've almost been in customer service for almost a decade. The customer is right. The customer is always right. And in this situation, you're the customer. And don't be a dick, but you know, if you don't feel comfortable with something, voice that, you know, put your foot down. There were a lot of moments where- I wish I would have put my foot down in the beginning of my private pilot training. Like, especially when it came to my ground school there, for some reason seemed to be like this push to like get it done as quick as you can and get the, um, the written out of the way, but I did it too quickly. And I understand the point of that, like get it out of the way that way you can focus on other things, but don't, go so quickly through the program that you're not retaining anything. Um, You need to just go at your own pace. Again, this is why I love 161. Go at your own pace. That's just, that's me personally. Other people are different. I've seen people who it's like they come out of the womb and it's like they were born to do this shit. Mm -hmm. Um, I, yeah, I think it's funny. There was a kid at one of my flight schools and I overheard one of the like higher up people at the flight school. And they're like, yeah, like, his uh his mom and his dad and this that and the other they all flew they're all pilots so he he has it in his blood <laughs> I'm like oh
1: my! God. <laughs> I got the same blood as my daddy but I don't know about that <laughs> <laughs> but it's true though like you're spending not only like the money but the time and it's your learning pace and I have been told the same thing like my CFO is like get through your ground school get through your ground school but I'm like you know what I'm gonna I do ground school for my King schools, 30 minutes a day, 30 minutes to an hour. And that's it. But I do it every day because I know consistency matters. And I think that's really helped me retain some things. Um, And I told my husband, do not tell me to do my King schools because he kept telling me like when we first got, you need to do your King schools. And I was like, every time you say that to me is another day I'm just not going to do it because (laughs) I don't like to be told what to do I'm like I will do my king schools in my own time and is and the next day he never said it and lo lo, 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 and behold I'm on my king schools and he hasn't said it since because he knows me really well like that's just my personality but I think there's something to be said in setting Boundaries for your mental health. Like you're flexing that boundary muscle. It's helping your mental health. And that sets you up for when you're an airline pilot and the airline's saying, Oh, you're not fatigued. Like you can do this for you to be like, No, this is my fucking boundary. And Mm. I'm not going to do that shit for you. So I think it's like flex that fucking muscle early on so that you have it built for when the company is trying to tell you something that you don't want to do and you feel uncomfortable and you feel confident to say no. I didn't even think about that. And that is a
0: fabulous point. I I did not even think about that. Oh God, that's why I love you. That's why (laughs) this dynamic duo. Wow. Wow. But I'm like, I'm looking down at our thing and I'm like, is there anything? Cause we kind of got on a little roll, but is there anything that we want to talk about, which this conversation has been fab five,
1: See. that we would come up with things to roll off of but I do think also if we're going to talk about like training and relieving anxiety or helping us like not have as much stress that there are certain tools that can help us in our training to kind of relieve that stress so the first one that I want to talk about um, because you already mentioned it earlier on is headset like when my first intro flight I had major stress because I was like, "Oh my god, I cannot hear at all what air traffic control is saying." Because I had one of my husband's old headsets, which was probably like a hundred bucks, and it just like doesn't catch the audio very well. And so, after my intro, I looked at my husband. I said, "I need to have a very good headset, or else." I'm gonna have extreme anxiety in the flight deck because I can't hear what's going on and I need to be able to hear even if I don't understand it. It's just something that is super important for me. And so I got my David Clarks when I went to Sun and Fun with Emma um, and I have not even thought about the audio stress. Like that stress was eliminated as soon as I got a good headset. So mine is, I guess my question to you is, do you prefer Bose or do you prefer David Clark's? And I guess also like headset wise, was that when you have a nice headset, don't you think that's like a big stress relief? Huge, huge. Um, In the beginning of my training, I
0: was using, oh God, I was using, geez, I was using a Dave Clark headset that was, I don't even know how many years old and it worked. Like I could hear everything, but there was, you know, it just never felt like it was loud enough. I couldn't play with the audio settings. And I did have that anxiety a lot. So I did end up getting another headset. And I don't think my headset was that expensive. I want to say it's like 350. Um, but it's got like it, the the pads on it are gel. And I noticed it's not it doesn't say like it's completely um, soundproof, but it cut down on the sound a lot. And that's another big thing is like, you want a headset that's going to cut off some of that noise because it's very loud and having that were worrying like what is that how do you say that that word there's a word for it uh, it's whirring. like the constant yeah. um just it's, noise from the yeah, engine the gray the, what do they call that gray or white noise a gray white noise it, it ain't fucking peaceful in this case no. um block it out so getting a good headset where you can kind of control what you're hearing and so it's not so loud that's another thing it's like if you're prone to getting headaches or migraines get yourself a like um noise canceling headset Mm -hmm. spend the money and get a noise canceling headset um because it does make a huge difference trying to think if there was anything else in the beginning of my
1: well comfortability too i don't even think i thought about wearing a headset For a long time and how that could cause uh pressure on your head like you were talking about so I would just think about if you're going to get a headset make sure that it's one that's going to be comfortable for you to wear for long periods of time um that's I think important yeah Um, agreed I don't know I'm trying to think
0: like more for instrument rating but like towards your instrument rating, there were things that really helped me out a lot. If you splurge and get like, there are, I like, you can get these things that will hold your iPad and it's kind of like an arm to a Ram suction cup that goes on the window and having your iPad or whatever it is that's typically on your knee up off your knee. And it's right there where your six pack is. Cause when you're doing that circle, looking at everything, you don't have to look down, which is going to help you a lot with like spatial disorientation or whatever it is. Like I noticed that was the biggest thing that made me disorientated in my instrument rating was I would run through my six pack and look at everything and then look back down at my iPad. And then when I would pick my head back up again, boom, it was like, it would trigger me. Um, Obviously I could work through it. You know, you look back at your gauges, you, you fix yourself, but that is something to consider. There are definitely things like that that will help you out a lot significantly. And that's not to say that you can't use those things in your PPL. Like I'm a firm believer of like, after you got your private pilot's license, like, yeah, use the iPad, use the flight, use the ADS-B, but I didn't use ForeFlight in an iPad during my training. And I think that helped me out a lot during my check ride because- you really want to, you have to show that, you know, the paper, um, don't be a child of the magenta line, like (laughs) get that Garmin, that teeny tiny little Garmin GPS. You need to know that thing, like the back of your fucking hand. And you also need to know that paper, like tat it on your back. Um, so that's one thing that I'm hard pressed on is like, try not to have your iPad, Throughout your private pilot training, I know a lot of people would tell you differently, use all the tools in your arsenal, which is valid. But for me, I was very focused on like what's going to help me in my check ride. I'll think about what's going to help me when I'm out actually flying later. Which is an unfortunate part about your training, but really, I mean, you have to be focused on those things that are going to help you out during your check ride, because that's really what you're working towards. You cannot be a pilot if you don't pass the check ride. Um, so, yeah, I'm a big one on that. I had um, like, I think the basic four flight on my phone during like halfway through my PPL. And it helped me a lot to understand and read weather because as we all know, it is a whole other language and you have to know that language. You can't like, you can't get around that. So using the Flight and how it like translates it for you into normal English was very helpful when it came to understanding that stuff. So I use ForeFlight and, as a study tool, as a tool to plan for my flights beforehand. And it was super helpful for that weather, etc. cetera. But when I was in the airplane, I'm not using it. If my instructor typically had it and they use it, use it all they want, but I'm not going to use it during my PPL training
1: or I didn't. Um, yeah. So yeah. I don't have it yet either. Um, and then my CFI has for flight but I do agree, like just learning through your everything else that's in the plane is better than because if you look at Four Flight, you're gonna really rely on it, right?
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: what if your fucking iPad dies? Then what? So
0: <laughs> that's why they make you have like I think you have to have you gotta have a backup iPad, battery, don't you? The like backup battery double charge. Yes, it has yeah. to charge like two devices up again like twice or something crazy like that i should know that's one thing that they will ask yeah. you um on the check ride but yeah so i never had an ipad obviously i used my ipad throughout my entire instrument training that's when i really started using my ipad but um other than that not up but now that i use it i was telling maddie beforehand i'm like that's my like pacifier it's my baba like i need <laughs> yeah. my i need my uh my ipad and my full fly tee. Give me Emma my full fly tee
1: Bitch, you're a whole different personality before we hit record. I know. For real. For <laughs> sure. I was
0: like, I can't do this. <laughs> yeah. I'm dumb. I can't remember anything. I have nothing to contribute.
1: <laughs> and I told you, I was like, the vault will fucking unlock once we start talking. It has just been a minute for me, y'all, which has been,
0: I dare, dare I say, kind of depressing. Um, That's one thing I don't, I don't think I've actually really talked about that on the show, but like, I haven't been flying and it's not for medical issues, but I just haven't had the money to do it. And it's, yeah, depressing. Um, Very, very uh, soul sucking. And I'm starting to lose sight of my personality and my confidence (laughs) is going away a little bit so
1: but the we might go flying when i come up there i know that would be dude i want to see like what i remember like i
0: want to i want to see if i can still land the plane you know what i mean like which obviously i definitely feel like i could you know what i mean like i I i am confident like i know if like right now if somebody was like put a gun to my head fly the plane. You have to fly me somewhere. I could definitely do it. You know what I mean? Yes. Like I have enough yeah. confidence in myself that I could do it. Is it going to be pretty? Is it going to be legal? No. I cannot <laughs> promise that. Um,
1: but but,
0: but I could do it. You know what I mean? And that's all that yes. counts. That's all that counts. It's like driving a car. It's like driving a car. Well, Bruce, I feel like some people say that. There are people that say, they're like, it's
1: just like driving a car. I feel like, well there's a lot more to it obviously but i think it's more the muscle memory is what they're talking about and yeah. i think you'd be fine
0: oh, well is there anything else that we want to hit i'm like skimming through
1: our little show note um hi we do need to touch on some sadder parts of things and then we can move into fun cues. because i have my nail appointment at noon <laughs> oh yeah 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 true, true 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 all right well yeah we will um we do
0: kind of have some sad news to talk about which is always hard to switch gears but we do did find out about two pilot suicides two new pilot suicides so maddie if you want read the first one
1: yeah okay so this was like from one of my friends on um instagram and he just shared this on one of my posts but he said i just found out yesterday that a Young gentleman I met in my multi course took his life last month. We were going to fly in time belt together. He received news that something came up that grounded him and he wouldn't be able to continue in the Horizon Pilot Development Program and I guess he saw no way out. My heart bleeds for him. Thanks for continuously fighting the fight and bringing awareness to a broken system. So, I don't know his name, but it's just the fact that someone is like, well, my friend just, you know, unalived himself because of you know family or struggles in his life and so i I just felt really bad for him because i the person who posted it he is also a private pilot and a mechanic an airline mechanic so yeah yeah. it's
0: sad that you know i want to reiterate you know it's a lot of the times like it's that's just it seems like him not being able to fly it's the straw that breaks the camel's back um and that's what I think we fail to see a lot, like, just the stressors in somebody's life. I think about that a lot with my uncle. Like, I just never really gave that much thought. And I think something had to have happened, which we kind of know what we think happened. And he kind of found out that he wasn't probably going to be able to fly anymore. And again, just the straw that breaks the camel's back. Yeah. Um, And it's really, really fucked up and sad. But so... I don't know if I should.
1: Should I use this person's name or just leave that out? Uh you can use the the person's name that passed away. Yeah. Okay. So it looks like this is, is this from Facebook? Yeah. So someone sent us this on, on Facebook. It's a pri I'm I believe it's a private group. Um they screenshotted it. I asked if we could share it and they said it was okay if we shared it because they want this to come out. They want the person who passed away to be talked about. Cool. So it's in the Aviators Lounge group on
0: Facebook. It says, wish the FAA was better on mental health. Got word a close friend and student pilot killed himself. Found out today. I spoke to him hours prior. I know we joke we can't cry or we can't lose our medical, but the harsh reality is we all struggle in life and need to stick together. This goes out to someone on here. If you need someone to vent, to talk to, to vent, I am here for you. For any of my fellow pilots, rock. Okay. And to any of my pi- fellow pilots, rock your wings tonight. We lost a good one. May we have smooth skies till we meet again. Lando Riviera, Riviera, I'm glad we got to fly together. Yeah, this I'm is sad. really fucking sad.
1: Yeah. And there's a picture of him flying with his, with another pilot and then someone in the back. It's just like, whenever we see the pictures, it makes things like reality. Um, And I think what's most sad is like, if you're not an airline pilot, not a lot of people are going to be talking about, you know, the loss of life. And so I think it's important that we just mention these names, because um, even though it's not someone taking an airline down or something like that, like, this is what's happening behind the scenes that nobody's talking about, and it's it happens probably weekly. I'm sure that people are dying from from the stigma. Yeah, so.
0: yeah. Ugh, I I'm just like the fact that we find out about this stuff after the fact too is like sad because you would think that it would be being talked about more, but it's just not.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: and it reminds me that like there still just is such a bad stigma within just as a culture as a society we stigmatize suicide and mental health so much still to this day um and it's sad we have to start talking about this stuff but yeah anyways did just want to share that with you all hopefully might be able to find out more information um I would love to speak to a family member, somebody who knew him, um, just so we can share
1: more about his their lives. So I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Um, so moving on to a brighter side, a brighter note, ending our show with fun questions. Um, I kind of did like a pop culture theme for this. <laughs> Because I knew it was just going to be M and I. So the first one is because Jerry Springer just died. Uh, Did you watch Jerry Springer? And if so, what was your favorite part about it? I did not. You didn't watch Jerry Springer. What about like Maury or like any talk show host? You know What, What? What did he like? What? Like which ones? Okay, you're gonna have to shout a few out. But do you know like the content of Jerry Springer? No. Oh my god, Emma. Okay. So Jerry Springer used to have on the trashiest of trash people on his show. And it was daytime television. So me and my brother used to watch it all the time when we get out of school because that's the time that it was on. And Mm -hmm. so uh he would always have on like people trying to like prove that their baby daddy was the dad, or he'd have on people that would cheat on their their wife or the husband would cheat or it'd be like this chaos moment it was always chaos on jerry springer and my favorite part was when the women would always be like you don't know me to the whole audience because the audience would be like booing and stuff and so they would just say that all the time it would be every female that was on that show would always say that you don't know me <laughs> I'd be like oh my god this is so funny so me and my brother will always say that to each other like we'll be shitting on each other and then I'll be like you don't know me and we oh uh, it just sends us so yeah Jerry Springer was like just have trash people on but it was like you couldn't like your eyes were glued to the television whenever he was on because it was just so dramatic um but if you haven't seen Jerry Springer I'm guessing like this is not like something that you really grew up with then, like the trash TV, or yeah, not much.
0: <laughs> well, we I we watched I we were allowed to watch TV. Like I didn't grow I I watched a lot of SpongeBob growing up. Like there's a lot of people my age like weren't allowed to watch shows like that. Like my parents let us watch whatever. I watched MTV, freaking yeah. Comedy Central. Like I was watching Robot Chicken when I was like, eh. Or seven, like, which explains my sense of humor so well. But I just never really, I just don't think talk shows were really popular in the early 2000s, or at least they were on during the
1: times when I was not watching TV. Yeah. 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 That's probably true, though, because, like, I'm thinking this was, like, early 90s when they were super popular. Yeah, and the other thing, too,
0: was, like, we obviously had, like, game shows on the TV and, like, they would be on the channels. But for some reason, as a child, I thought it was so boring. But I feel like I've seen clips of, like, the shows that you're talking about. Is Is there, is that the show where, like, the woman has the
1: aversion to olives? That's, um not on Jerry Springer but a very similar scenario i think that's on Mari. okay and he's the one who always does like the pregnancy test and he's yes. funny he's like you are not, not the father, the father. And yes. then, like the fucking <laughs> explosion of excitement for not being the father they start running they'll run yeah, like to the through the back of up.
0: the set and then the people yes. with the cameras follow them yes like i've seen that like online like videos of it like on youtube and stuff but yeah. i never sat down and watched it on tv granted oh, i love I loved some TV
1: um when I was little but I also like to play outside a lot too. So I know. I I was the same. If I wasn't watching Jerry Springer I was playing basketball. So I feel that. I love that. <laughs> I love that Ferris just
0: taking a walk down Memory Lane. I'm mm-hmm. so excited for the next question. Okay.
1: Woo! So I did you see i even linked a link so we could just go through the pictures <laughs> i'm looking at it right now i'm on so them right now the second question was what what is your favorite met gala look from uh, i think the met gala was like this week wasn't it so it was
0: like two nights ago i want to say two it was ago? like monday night it was yeah. weird it was like a week night um okay so ask me ask me the question what's your, what's your favorite look from the Met? Gala? okay penelope cruz God killed Seriously? it. She, she does want, look good. I want that dress. That's my wedding dress. I love that dress. Another one, Kylie fucking Jenner, queen yeah. goddess, killed she looks it. Good. She looks amazing. And people were trying to say that she didn't follow the theme, but she actually worked with, with like the dress is made from a guy that the guy used to work with. Blah 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 blah. I don't really, you know, the whole like theme is just so weird to me jared leto get a fucking life
1: oh my gosh okay lil Nas X, though get a life again no, why I is love- your whole booty out i don't give a shit because like just thinking like look how bejeweled he is dude that would have taken so many hours to do i love how he's like just sh- showing ass
0: if Did you, you see that one video of him and he's just his in the ass background ass. serving looks and somebody's <laughs> yes. being interviewed
1: and he's in the background <laughs> yes. and their back is facing them and his ass is just out sparkling. that's my favorite part that's why I love his look so much I was like he does not give a shit about anyone but himself I you know what I do love the
0: mom mom, mom oh the uh no, he,
1: every single time somebody would ask Little Nas X a question, that's what he would, oh, he would meow. say, oh my yes. god. So what was the theme? Because I'm like, is it a cat theme? There were a lot of it, cat situations going on.
0: So it was Carl someone who was the creative director, or like the creator of Chanel, and the whole thing with the cat was he was He loved his cat. Like, his cat was, like, his news or whatever. Um, So, that's why a lot of people either had, like, they were dressed as a cat. Like, Dolge Cat, like, scary as fuck. If I was a child and I saw Dolja Cat at the Met Gala this year, I would have cried. She was looking, she was serving cat look. She's scary, dude. But I love her just standing in the background waiting to hit her vape so patiently. (laughs) Um yes. Kendall Jenner was giving You've Been Chris. She looked like the kitschy, kitschy, ya ya, got the the video of um Chris Jenner with the suit. Yes. You don't you know what I'm talking
1: about? That's what she looked like. Um, anyways, and you're speaking of free. Freaking Lil Nas X having his ass out. Kendall's ass is out. Her too. ass is out,
0: big time. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I'm I'm looking at that right now. Her ass is out. I just don't love that look. It's kind of just like save it for the beach, you know, baby. You look like you're wearing a diaper. Like I don't yeah. like that look. It's just, I don't know. It. There's something about me. Maybe it's like the. There's a part of me that's like that. I'm just a good Southern girl, and I went to Manners <laughs> Camp, and I'm a I'm a good Christian girl that doesn't love that i just do not like it just the way i don't like them g-string fucking bikinis girl where are we right now this is charleston south carolina we are not in brazil
1: yo i'm looking through these pictures and sydney sweeney is looking pretty hot oh sydney
0: sweeney killed her the bow the hair Yeah, she looked amazing and i was gonna choose her as my top but i really loved um Kylie's look i thought it stood out i thought it was very different yet it was still somehow so on brand like it was way better with. than
1: last year's met gala
0: yes look last, love year last year was
1: Ugh. cringe yes okay sorry, but no, sorry. i want to say one more person because i'm obsessed with him and that's Pedro pascal fucking love him yes I love you know? that he wore red because he's an Aries so it goes with his whole personality and one other thing I wanted to say about Peter Pascal because I just read an article about it is the reason his hand is always on his chest or like stomach is because he says that's where he feels his anxiety and I was like dude you are a fucking king I love you oh my god you would love
0: that you would love <laughs> that about him <laughs> honestly we do have to talk about Anne Hathaway for a moment
1: oh she's oh, serving so much Look. served like, served
0: look dare i say serving c-u-n-t boots the house down baby <laughs> um who else madison uh cl- klein or clean or whatever she is the girl from obx i think she yes. is so
1: beautiful really disappointed me oh my god i'm back i don't know what she looked like but i also wanted to say the other person that i thought looked hot as fuck and she always looks hot is JLo. Did you see? I her? didn't see JLo's outfit.
0: Uh, um, she's gorgeous. Just... God, who else was not giving? Suki Waterhouse, girl, come on! This isn't a dinner date. Another one. I was one not who a fan of me. Lizzo's.
1: Lizzo, yeah, like, like her look. She usually looks way better, but I just did not like what they put her in. I uh, didn't like Ice Spice. Her look was
0: boring. It was just so like blah. Um, exactly. Camila Monroe. For some reason, I loved her look. It was very simple, yet, like, different. Um, It kind of reminded me, like, the white thing that she has over her shoulders reminds me of, there's a name for that, and my grandma used to make them. It's like a German, like, German people make them, and you can, like, starch them and create a bunch of different kind of stuff with it.
1: Um, I really liked her outfit. It
0: was just, she was just giving something different
1: yo Ooh. julia garner now that i'm scrolling down further hot as fuck she's God. the one from, what you playing what's the movie oh ozarks uh, mm-hmm. yeah. killed it killed it she looks amazing
0: you know who looks like a hot mess who amanda seyfried or whatever her name is amanda Sey- seyfried? Oh, seyfried.
1: seyfried yeah seyfried you don't like her
0: look she looking like a hot mess she um, looks
1: like a like a 40s dancer girl like she but she fits the theme she looks gorgeous though like her hair I don't know she just she looks a little bit like uh
0: frazzled like a, just a little bit misshoveled and I don't like that I, um I like that look I'm like she looks hot I'm trying For to her. think of who else Giselle Bunchen looked amazing boring um Maya Hawk actually impressed me she was kind of serving something a little bit different but I, yeah. some, I saw somebody say her commitment to like never serving a look is just unparalleled <laughs> no. and i do have to agree
1: um uh, olivia wilde terrible uh but nicole kidman amazing yep so yep. it cracks me up because what was nicole kidman at she was so drunk i think it was the golden globes and they they were the reporters were like trying to get her to come over and she finally did and then they were asking her questions and she didn't make any sense and then that's when I realized like no wonder no one wants to come over they're all drunk coming into the golden globes like they all know they're gonna make a fool of themselves <laughs> so like, I, mean, I love her she's one yeah, of my favorite yeah. actors
0: I just think she is so funny with her little Australian accent like yes
1: I really <laughs> like her too okay you know so. Who- probably one more okay i was like we could talk about celebrities for like ever because there's so many looks
0: margot robbie or whatever
1: i'm I'm, i was just disappointed okay very disappointed scrolling because i haven't seen margot's look she's not even on here for she's look after ashley graham oh okay after olivia wilde okay uh where are you olivia wilde i went all the way to the bottom anyways she's not all black she's just not oh there she is wow she looks very classy she looks classy but something about her she just doesn't look too good i don't like the dress and i just think i scrolled past margot robbie because usually she has like a harder look um she's looks super classy like how i love her hair and her makeup honestly um okay last question are you a Taylor Swift fan? No. Either am I. <laughs> <laughs> so uh we might be, you know, Xing out people who really love Taylor Swift, but I'm just not a fan. My husband's not a fan either. I don't understand the hype. Me either, uh, dude. Yeah. I have to send you this TikTok
0: audio that's going around right now. It's like when your friend shows you T Swift and like is
1: like you're not into how it. Good she is.
0: <laughs> and and it's like the the singing is like. Do you ever feel like trash and there's someone in the bag and I can't feel my face anymore? (laughs) He was a boring guy. It's just like, that is like what listening to her music is like, you know what I mean? It's just, it's not, it's, it's not hitting. It's like Marshall's music. It's like, it's giving food lion. At 5.30 on a Wednesday. <laughs>
1: God. Okay, I'm glad we can agree that we're not Taylor Swift fans.
0: Yeah, I'm just, I'm not into it. I'm sorry. I, you know, there's nothing against her. Her, I think her CD was one of the first CDs that I ever owned. The one that's like teardrops on my guitar or whatever. Yeah. Um, but granted, I was like six or like five. But it's like <laughs> baby music. Yeah, I yeah. know. It's like music for babies um <laughs> <laughs> there are people that really love her so like i hope this isn't like offending any of our listeners like everyone's got their own taste you know i i have always given her the chance she did impress me with um the one where she's in the flannel
1: all the taylor I, fans are like oh don't ask God. me i'm like i have no idea but i will tell you if you're not a Taylor Swift fan, you're probably a Miley Cyrus fan. Yep. I see. I yeah. love Miley. And I love Miley too. So My I think first, the differences. Yep. My first concert <laughs> ever was Hannah Montana. Oh, see, that makes sense. And also it's so crazy because both Taylor Swift and Miley Cyrus are Sagittariuses, but their energy is so different. And Miley's more of like that Sag energy that I love. She's just wild, man. I like yeah. her. Um, mm-hmm. I
0: cannot stand right now. There's a Capital One commercial with Taylor Swift, and whenever I'm watching TV, it's always coming on, and I'm like, like it triggers me. I don't know what to do. <laughs> like, get yeah, off my screen. Same thing with the freaking the. I can't even. It's the guy, the slasher guy. The I don't even know. There's just one cap, the Capital One commercials recently have been out of control, okay? (laughs) Boycott Capital One. If I have to hear the same fucking act song one more time, literally y'all are going to have to start looking out for me, okay? If I have to hear it (laughs) one more time, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, okay. We're going to (laughs) move on because I started thinking about those commercials and it triggered me that much. I can't. I literally can't. I like, I walk away. I turn over in bed. I can't. Okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's it for this week's episode. Thank you for being unhinged with us. Um, Yeah, I I really don't have anything
1: else to contribute. Do you, Maddie? I do not. I I think I contributed as much as I could today. (laughs) Yeah, we got to let this girl go. She got to get
0: her nails did. All right. Well, all my queens and kings, thank you so much for tuning in this week and listening. Um, we appreciate you being here. As always, please remember that the petition exists. I know we haven't talked about it in a little bit, but, you know, when you hear or see somebody talking about this subject, make sure they sign that damn petition. Um always remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. Helps us out a lot. And thank you to all our generous listeners who have been rating and reviewing the show. We do appreciate it a lot. Um, Yeah, that's all this week. See y'all next week. As always, keep the blue side up and the brown side down. Bye, y'all.
1: Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the